My guest on this week's episode of Southern Search is Joe LaRatro, president at Tandem Interactive. Joe is a veteran digital marketer, he's an in-demand conference presenter, and he's a published author. In addition to his role at Tandem, Joe is a tireless educator and conference organizer. He is the current president of the South Florida Interactive Marketing Association. If you're in the area, check out the group. Joe has also been one of the leaders of the PubCon conference series. He is the lead moderator and serves on the PubCon advisory board. His agency, Tandem Interactive, has received several accolades. They've won two U.S. search awards, including the award for Best Small Agency in 2018. I sat down with Joe shortly after PubCon Austin. We had a wide-ranging conversation talking about the future of conferences in the United States, ChatGPT, and local SEO. We're also going to chat about agency life and why Joe is a proponent of returning to office work. We're talking during a time of economic turmoil. Joe and I will chat about the myriad challenges facing agency owners during a recession. Grab something cold to drink and join me for a conversation with Joe LaRatro. We'll talk about some advanced GPP tips. We'll talk about how ChatGPT is to writing what a calculator is to math. And I'll spend a little time talking to Joe about the future of PubCon. Stay tuned for a big announcement about a fall event. All right, Joe LaRatro, welcome back to Southern Search. How are you doing? Very well. Nice to be back. It's great to have you back, and the timing is good. We're filming this a week after PubCon Austin. Yes. So, unless I'm mistaken, this is the first in-person PubCon Austin in about three years. They had the, the one in Florida, which was great, but I can imagine I can imagine that for you and Brett and the people who organized PubCon, those three years must have been so challenging. What was it like to be back at an in-person event and to do it in a city like PubCon, like in a city like Austin? So it was pretty interesting. Our first one back in Florida was like a makeup event and that was still touch and go. You didn't know, do you hug somebody? Do you shake their hands? Do you fist pump? Do you wave? Like it was, it was odd. There was people wearing, I was there. Um, you know, it was strange. This one, this one was like, and we got a lot of feedback. This was the greatest PubCon ever. I mean, it's pretty cool, but I can, I can give you one insight that, that might explain really how good it was from a view you would never expect is the downloads. So Brett posts all the presentations and he does it, you know, very quickly. I mean, I think it was two days after the conference. And he said yesterday that there was as many downloads as the last two Vegas's combined. Wow. So the Vegas shows are yeah. easily four times, you know, three to four times the size of, of an Austin show. That's the big event. Yeah. That's, that's that, that was historically the big event. And um, I mean, imagine that the interest was so high on this one that there was more downloads than two Vegas events put together. So, I mean, that's pretty impressive, but being back in front of people, um, you know, I, I feel like everybody hugged. I think I had one person fist pump me and, and I was like, okay, I mean, that's, that's cool. But uh, everybody was so happy to be back together um, so many faces I haven't seen in a long time. I mean, it, it was it was pretty amazing. I love it. And I, I want to just ask you about conferences generally. Um, I saw on Will Critchlow's social media that next week will be the last search love, search love ever. Um, there's a lot of speculation about MozCon, that this may be the last MozCon. Uh, SMX hasn't had any in-person events in the States for three years. And I, I think they have said, I could be mistaken on this, but I think they said they're not going to have anything in person this year. So basically, we don't have many of the big digital marketing conferences left in the United States. Um, so these conferences have been a source of education and inspiration for my generation of SEOs, for sure. Um, can you put into words what, what we'd be losing 
we don't have strong, robust conference circuit. Uh, PubCon being at the center of that, but but you know what are we what are we missing if we don't preserve this conference circuit? Yeah, so and I think it affects more than I mean some of the ones you said are SEO, but even the paid side. So last year I went to PPC Hero, and I think it was the first. One, I usually send employees, so the first one I went to personally, and I was I was blown away. I loved it. And then when I went to check for the one this year, they're not putting on events this year, or at least so far they're not putting on event this year. Um, so it is, let's call it the search space. Uh, I think that, uh, on, you know, on the pro side for PubCon, there's opportunity to take market share. Uh, there's, you know, there's, there's going to be a void of some of these conferences that aren't happening. And hopefully we can take advantage of that in terms of, you know, budgets of people who would come, maybe speakers. I think we always probably get the, the first choice of speakers anyway, but um, it'll be easier for speakers to want to come and potentially we, I mean, we always get an amazing caliber, but there's this whole new up and coming. We have a lot of opportunity, but for the market, um, it's, I'm not, I'm not quite sure yet what's going to happen. I think there'll be smaller shows still, but I help run Safima, the South Florida Interactive Marketing Association in South Florida. And we are having a hard time getting people to our events. And I just, I don't get it because I'm seeing other conferences in different verticals that are thriving and growing and, you know, people are, are happy to go out in person. And I think that our industry has gotten tired of consuming virtual, you know, presentations and virtual conferences. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. I mean, you ask, you ask a, a really good question. I, and I don't for right now, I don't foresee PubCon having like lots more events. I mean, right now, Brett is focused on, you know, what's the, the fall event going to be and, and make it a really big one, wherever it, wherever it tends, wherever it's going to end up. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's a lot of ones that are going away. I would say for me personally, I'm considering like SEO Oktoberfest or however you say that, that I've never considered before, you know, if I'm going to bounce around and, and try to go to a conference in the U.S. is where I'd focus. But if there's if there aren't a lot of other conferences to go to, or even for me to speak at, then maybe I'm I'm willing to go to Germany now and go see like that that whole uh, extravaganza that goes on there. Um, yeah, uh, it, it seems it seems like they don't have the same problem overseas. Like Brighton SEO is booming. Um, you know, Mark's going over to SEO, SMX Munich. Greg may be going as well. I, so I, I think they've got the circuit pretty strong in the, overseas, but it's. Uh, now, here in the United States, is a, it's a struggle. So let, let me let me uh, pry into a question that you had. So I think you're right. I think I did a lot of virtual events, especially early on in COVID, and sort of burned out on them. But I wonder, you know, as, as, a, as a person who was in the rooms with Brett and the other organizers at PubCon, is there anything from those COVID years that you learned that could help make conferences better moving forward? Is there a video component, um, sort of a hybrid event schedule that you think – we should preserve in, in events going forward, or is this back to normal, back to being in person? That's the, per, that's the preferred way to do it. Right. So I, I actually, I, I have a very good answer for that. And I, the one thing that I really, really liked about the virtual aspect was that just like this, we were in front of a screen. So if I am sharing a screen, it is very easy to see exactly what I'm trying to do. And there was, you know, I would say a learning component to that, that you, is very difficult to have in an in-person session. Even when we used to do the training days, 
I mean, unless you were sitting right up next to the screen, I mean, it's hard to be running through interfaces and showing people how to do things. So in that aspect, if there was a way that we could integrate, you know, some component to that to conferences, I think that might work. And, and that's a, that's a value add that you wouldn't normally have. And I would say it's something we definitely learned from COVID, but if we're really trying to force people, force isn't the right word. If we're really trying to get people to come together. Let's say that, not, not for it. We're trying to get people to come together and share ideas and, and have this social aspect. It, it can't be done virtually. Um, and I don't think, at least for right now, we'd have to find a financial model that worked. Brett tried the streaming video option of PubCon many, many years ago. I mean, it's probably a decade ago. And one year he was able to like just about break even. The second year, um, I think it, it ended up to have like the video cameras in every room recording. I mean, it was, it, it was astronomically expensive versus what he could get in return of, of selling it. But there are conferences, I think like MozCon's, you know, video version was always excellent. I mean, that was again, something that for my company, I mean, we would buy and have the team go sit in the room and, and watch it. Uh, I don't know the PubCon is, is there yet. And I really haven't talked to Brett about it. So I'm not sure what he's thinking about, but Again, I could see like a almost a separate track, maybe like we used to have the um, the Q and A's, a track of that where you've got this like live interaction. Maybe it's maybe it's more demos, maybe it's more Martech or you know your, your marketing stack. Um, there's ways that could be integrated. I think. All right, I love it. And then last question about PubCon. Is there, are we back to the old schedule? Will there be a PubCon Las Vegas in 2023? Uh, is it too soon to know? So there will be, there will be a large fall show and the fall show will be the same format as Vegas in terms of at least three days. It might be three days plus a training day. Awesome. Uh, I mean, we saw the demand, the speakers want to get out, the attendees want to be there. Um, financially, it looks like it all works. I don't know that it's going to be in Vegas. Uh, Brett is looking at lots of options. He's looking at where it makes sense um, for like the tech environment. Austin, Austin was a great spot and the venue that we had was incredible, but um, he is looking at lots of areas to figure out what makes the most sense in terms of the speakers, for everyone, for the speakers, the attendees, I mean, what's easiest to get to. You know, Vegas was a destination it still is an incredible destination, but does it just, is it necessary for PubCon? And, and the answer is no. I agree with that. Yeah. And I, I think it's, uh, that alone is a big announcement, right? So there is going to be a big fall event from PubCon. I, I am so excited. It's been too long since we've not, since that's been back. Uh, I will watch very carefully and, and we'll make sure we announce and when the location is, is, is disclosed, but that's, I, mean, I just think that's great news. Like, yeah, let's yeah. let's get these shows back going. And um, for, for any like, this is this is the way. I mean, I don't, Joe, you and I are probably about the same age. Like, this was how I got. I learned. You know, this was yeah. these, these. So I, I'm I'm so pushing our team. We're we're paying for people to go to shows now this year. Uh, if you make it like the first promotion in our company team leading up, we we will we'll pay for it. So we had an employee at PubCon Austin, and I just think it's the best. Uh, it's the best way to learn. Um, well, let me let me shift gears a little bit to the conference itself. So you were on a panel discussion um, about agency life. It was you with a bunch of uh, other luminaries on there. Um, 
I, I bring you on here. I talked about PubCon, and then I, I have to point out you are the owner of Tandem Interactive, which is an award-winning agency in Fort Lauderdale. Um, you know, this topic, uh, you know, sort of, I've been reflecting on agency life more and more, um, especially in recent months. The economy is lousy, and so, uh, you know, it's, it's become a more interesting topic to me in this period of time. So, Unless my research deceives me, you started Tandem in 2006. So this isn't your first recession. And I thought yeah, you might yeah. be a good person to talk to about any lessons you may have gotten, tips, advice, uh, strategies, navigating a recession as an agency owner. Yeah. Um, so first, let's talk about that panel for a second. And, and this goes a little bit into uh, some things that can deal with coming into a recession. So... I'm, I was the only person on the panel that is extremely bullish about being in the office. And I, and I was, I don't think I was rude, but I was actually, I swear I was thinking about it last night. I was like, you know, I could have been rude and I, and I could have like called everybody out. Um, I'm glad that people have found success working remote in many areas, but just for me personally, my agency is built on building people like. I consider my company almost a residency program in online marketing. And if I'm going to build people, I mean, they need to be here. And, and just like PubCon being a person, like I need to work with people that I'm seeing every day and we're interacting and we're learning and we're, you know, we're, when we fail, we fail, but you know, we learn from the failures. So <clears throat> in terms of, and I, and because of that panel, I ended up speaking to a lot of agencies and I would say every agency except one has said that since the start of this year, they've lost their like whales, their big clients. And it happened with us too. I mean, two of two of the most profitable clients that we had are now gone as we're coming into the end of Q1 of 2023 and going into a, a much tougher economy. Like, what do we do? Uh, in the past, I've been very lucky that I've had clients that are somewhat recession proof. Um, service industries, I mean, clients that it doesn't really matter. They get to take advantage of the rise in the economy and the fall in the economy. So I would say that as an agency, I would look at, you know, what does my client portfolio look like? And I'm, am I diversified that I do have enough clients that ride the wave up and down of the economy? Um, another thing is the sales pitch changes a little bit. So, uh, and I, I have a great anal an analogy here in the moving industry. So in the moving industry, when you are moving up, you know, you're buying your next house, your bigger house, your nicer house, you just sold your house for, for a profit. You're going to spend anything like you don't, you don't, the, the moving company you hire, you don't care. Oh, it's, it's an upsell for boxes. Great. It's an upsell for packing. Great. Uh, whatever it is, you're spending the money. You're happy to do it. But now as the economy is going down and you're downsizing your house, you're potentially not making as much money, maybe even lose, losing money or the economy is hard on you suddenly every dollar you spend counts and you're like, well, I'll pack half the house. I just need you to move the bigger furniture. And now these $2,500 moves were happening last year. The equivalent of this year are $1,500 moves and that's not accounting for inflation. So like, wow, what just happened? So agencies, like we have to sell, we have to sell kind of against the market that, okay, when, when the economy is great, you should be marketing, but when the economy is bad, you have to be marketing. So that's our, that should be our sales pitch. 
Like we have to go to companies and even the companies that might be pulling back, be like, you know, what are you doing? I mean, do you want to, do you want to ride this out or do you want to potentially be on a good way? PubCon, it's like, well, we're the last one standing. So we, we take all the market share. Uh, so, I mean, my two biggest recommend recommendations would be to have clients that are diversified, that can handle the ups and downs where possible, and then um, just change change the messaging. I mean, change the sales pitch now to it's, it's you have to be doing marketing. Like you can't you can't step back from marketing, otherwise you're not going to survive this. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna steal that one from you because I think that's a very good that's a very good pitch. I, I, the other thing that you mentioned the the in office out of office idea as it relates to agency life. You know, this, I, I don't know if your experience is this. I, I've talked to other agency owners where the mental health challenges at my agency now are unlike anything I've been through before. And we were always an in-person right. uh, presence. Then when COVID happened, we have a large, um, large remote presence. Yeah, these things are tough, man. I, I, our, our mutual friend, Steve Hammer, has talked eloquently about his own journey with ment mental health, I think, at PubCon. Um, but... I'm dealing with it more and more. And one of the things that I, I find is like getting people together into an office is a much better work experience, especially for young people and their, and their mental health. And so I'm constantly looking for new advice, ways to make things better for the mental health of my, my team who is largely young and remote. Um, so I, I don't know if you, 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 you have a, a stance or you said the best thing is to be yeah. in, in the office, but I wonder if any of the other, panelists or any, anybody else you've spoken to has any advice for how you approach these topics with your team? What advice you have to make agencies more of a psychologically safe workplace? So the other agencies on the panel did talk about that they, you know, they set up like the virtual, um, lots of virtual trainings, lots of virtual meetings, some virtual like happy hours and things like that. Um, I think that's all helpful. I would actually go almost a different route is that I would promote within my remote employees to find their local marketing associations and get out to those. Yeah. So this is something that as so I took back over Safima as a co-president and I'm trying to reboot it. And I thought that if I could find all of the work from home employees in the agency business in South Florida and get them out, like this is perfect for them. This does help with mental health. This does help, you know, get back into the, the community. It will help bring better ideas back to their jobs. Um, and, and just in general, be good for the environment. But I am having a problem finding those work from home employees that are in South Florida. And I know they're, I know they're all over the place. I mean, I lost, I had to lose a dozen employees to it over probably the first year of COVID when I'm going to start hiring like crazy, um, that they're all still local, but I can't, like I email them and I love, I love all of them. Like guys come out, like come hang out at Safima and I, they don't seem to want to come out. And I don't know if they, they've, the hermit's not the right word, but if they've kind of like introverted, maybe a little bit too much, that they're not that easy to just go out and 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 um, you know collaborate with other people. But that would be my recommendation. I mean, find your local marketing groups and and go out and and go there. I mean, and as an agency owner, I would promote it. I mean, pay for it, whatever you got to do, but maybe give them some hours for going. But I think that will help. I think that'll help with their, their, a lot of their thought processes of what they're doing and get them out of the house a little bit. I completely agree. And I mean, there is, there is one of these in most major cities, I would say, Joe, like almost like 
Raleigh's got a great one. Chicago, there's, there's stuff. If you're, if you're in Chicago, uh, look me up and I can tell you. If you're in South Florida, look Joe up and he'd love to have you. But in many, many major cities, there are these these uh, regional groups that can help you. I think that's that's great advice and that would be a great way to get you engaged with other professionals doing the same kind of work as you. And uh, you could, usually they do fun events too. So it's, yeah. it's enjoyable. It's not like it's, not like it's work. It's, it's, a, it's usually a light, fun environment at the same time. Um, all right. So l- last thing, actually a couple of other things. You did a presentation about Google Business Profile, which we obviously talk about all the time here at Search Lab. But what I loved was it was you and Elmer were, were co-presenting and it was an advanced training on GBP. So our, I have been at this long enough where GBP never was seen as like the advanced topic. That would be like technical SEO or that would be, yeah. uh, you know, something like that. Our, our audience skews a little bit more towards local SEOs. So what sorts of advanced t- tips did you offer? What, what were some of the strategies that you and Elmer discussed? <laughs> I'd like that my presentation up, but I could actually like look at it and say, okay. <laughs> Put you um, on the spot, right? Yeah. Yeah. So a couple of mine were just about, I mean, so what I did, I structured my presentation a little bit differently. Brett had asked us to integrate chat GBT or an AI topic into every presentation. And I cheated because as I was building my presentation, um, Darren from WhiteSpark had just sent out an email basically saying like, you can't use chat GBT and local, um, for local search. So I sent Brett that screenshot. Brett sends an email to Darren. Darren responds back and I, and I, I'm privy to this whole conversation between Brett and Darren about local SEO and ChatGPT. So I was like, this is, this is the beginning of my presentation. Like I'm set. So I go through it. And one of the things that like stood out to me is Darren is like, you ChatGPT is recommending that you put your keywords in your description and it doesn't, it, it doesn't do anything. So that was like the beginning of the presentation. And then I shifted over to, okay, I want to go ask my team, like, what are the pain points that we deal with most frequently is a question. And I'm going to answer the question of like the solution. So I did like 10 or 12 slides of like, this is the problem. This is the solution. A couple I remember offhand um, photos. If somebody uploads a photo, you know, what do I do? It's very important that the photo falls within your brand message. If the photo is of like damage done or something wrong, you can just dispute the photo and say that it was not a picture of your business. Boom, pops right out. Uh, in terms of tracking, you can use the NAP, the name, address, phone number isn't quite as important as it used to be, but you would want that secondary phone number to be the main phone number on the website. And you can use the first number as a tracking phone number. Very important. You use the UTM source information because it's something, it's somewhere between like 75% and 50% of the, tr- no, sorry. 50, 25 to 50% of traffic doesn't get tracked as organic search, because if you're in like a map and click directly from the map, Google's not counting that There's a couple other ways. So if you use the UTM source properly, you can get credit for all of the GBP. And I kept saying it <laughs> just rolls off your tongue, doesn't it? <laughs> it really doesn't. Never. Um, yeah. And then uh, the last one that I'll say, and then I'll, I'll just do one, one or two for Elmer that was super important is this seven day like wait period. So as soon as you get access to it, um, to a new one or, well, really access, don't do anything for seven days. Cause if you make changes, boom, it gets, it usually gets flagged right away. And then you've got to like fight to get it out of suspension. So definitely wait seven days. 
one of the biggest things that I've been working on, uh, we collaborate with a lot of other companies for some of our bigger accounts and we've seen off, on site have this huge effect on GDP results, like more than I would have ever expected. And one of the things, and Elmer spent a lot of time kind of talking about like on page, making sure the city and state name is in the, the title tags, um, it's in the content. But what I've seen really work lately is moving the, the Google Maps API, like if you were using that, to the very top of the page. Um, I, I don't know exactly why it's working, but we've seen great results where um, if we weren't in the map pack, we do that and all of a sudden, boom, we show up in the map pack. Mm -hmm. Now you could say that, okay, well, we updated the page, the page is a little fresher. I mean, they're, they're, it, it doesn't necessarily have to just be that, but there's like a few things we've been doing and, and that seems to be one that's really paying off. It's not, now it's not necessarily the best user experience because you hit the page and the first thing you see is the map. Maybe that's not really the first thing you're looking for, but if I can get, if I'm ranking like number seven on the page and I can jump to number two or three in the map pack, I mean, I want that traffic. So I'm willing to give up a little bit of regular organic to get the map. I love it. Well, this is, that's, that's awesome. That's, that's more than I can ask for. And you mentioned chat GPT. So several presentations at PubCon, I saw there was some other conference where I was like, it was like 90% of the topics were about chat GPT. This is all the rage right now. Uh, Brett, Brett's, Brett's presentation went kind of viral on, on, uh, SEO Twitter, everybody was talking about it. Um, the other keynoter from Fabrice from Microsoft was also about their adoption of ChatGPT. So this is the topic right now. Um, just really open-ended. How are you and the team at Tandem approaching ChatGPT? Uh, how, how do you view it? What are the use cases for it that you're using right now? And uh, Do you have any red flags or words of caution? So I can, uh, I can probably cause a little stir with what I'm going to say here. Um, but I literally just had a leadership meeting before this, and and this is what I said. This comes from Brett, and, and I don't know that Brett came up with the saying, but he's repeating it, and it sounds pretty amazing. Chat GBP is to writing what a calculator is to math. Wow. Like, if you really, really think about that, like, you're not doing complex math without using a calculator. Right. We shouldn't be doing complex writing per se without using ChatGPT or some gener generative AI in some way. Now it shouldn't it shouldn't replace the work, but it should be a tool within the work. And Brett said, and hopefully he got retweeted quite a bit about this, is that AI is not going to replace us, but people that use AI will. So I just told my team, I said, imagine if it took us an hour to write an amazing blog post you know, optimize it, have picked the right picture. And now you can do that same work in 20 minutes. Does that mean we take 40 minutes of profit or do we revisit and say, well, now we should be able to do three in that time. And I'm going to suggest that at least for the moment, based on the economy, that it's very likely the agencies should just take a little bit of the profit for right now, but it may change that a month from now, six months from now, a year that, our deliverables are going to be expected to be larger for the same price because we can do things as good, possibly better and faster, but we can't depend on it hundred percent. It's just, it's a tool. Like it'll help us. I mean, some of the research that's there, the content ideas, I mean, there's things that can, that can really accelerate what we're doing. 
but still have like the the expertise of okay well let me let me massage the content and then make sure it's it's doing the way it is and brett in his presentation gave a link to the oper the search operators or the, mm -hmm. the chat gpt operators that he's worked on and it's incredible i mean he's got some that like are paragraph long that you're feeding it I wanted it at this, I wanted it at a, a 12th grade reading level. I want it from a female voice. Like it, the more you, more information you give it, the better the output's going to be. And it's incredible, but it should not be used to generate thousands of pages on a website just for, you know, spam. Like, no, that's not what it's for. It's a, it's a tool, like a calculator. If we, if we're really using it right. That's, I, I love that analogy. That's perfect. And I, I think is this is going to be a big topic all year and for the next few years. So, uh, always, always appreciate talking to people like you about it. The last thing, I screwed up last time I had you on, didn't ask you about your book, unless I'm wrong. You've written a book called SEO Diet. And every time I talk to somebody who has, who's an agency owner and they've written a book, they, it makes me feel lazy because uh, you... You do. You have a lot on your plate, and you still wrote a freaking book. So I think that's that's very impressive. But it's an interesting angle. That's that, that was the first thing I noticed. It's not yeah. written for SEOs. It's written for business owners. What are you trying to tell them about SEO in this book? Yeah. So first, I would say don't read the book. Like at this point, it's just it's just too dated. Um, it 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 should almost be like the history of SEO slash SEO diet. Because I mean, I've got so much in there from like the early days of, you know, really like what cloaking was. I mean, ink to me, I've made a joke on some Facebook thread yesterday about Tioma and like cluster rank. Um, I, I think my history here, it, it, it gets a little portrayed in the book and, and there's there's too much history in there. And and toward the end where it should get into the diet, which is the actual plan, it's it's probably dated at this point. Like I need to, I need to go back and, and revisit to like a version two. But the, the idea of the book was that, yes, I mean, a, a small business owner could read it and know enough to be dangerous. And I've had a few clients come in years later. They're like, you know, look, I read it. I loved it. Um, I don't have the time to do the plan you're saying. I don't have the time to dedicate to blog posts, to making sure that the SEO architecture is right, to make sure that I'm doing something that's you know going to help generate links to the website. Um, so... I, I did it wasn't meant for it wasn't meant as like a lead gen or, or business development. It was meant for education. Like it, it could probably be a great textbook to teach from at some point, especially if I updated it. <laughs> well, awesome. Well, listen, I, I I love talking to you. You've been a real like leader in this industry and I'm so happy for all this all the news out of PubCon. Uh, but I want to make sure we, we promote tandem as well. If people want to get in touch with you or your agency, what's the best way to do that? What's your favorite social media and that sort of So my favorite social media is still Instagram. Don't use as much as I used to, but I do like it. And I would say that you just go to the website, tandem.buzz, shorten the URL. So a little bit easier to get to and very easy to find me. And then even if you just go to Google and search Joel Laratro, I mean, it's, it's me and my son. So I think that's it that exists. So very easy to find, very easy to find me. All right. Well, very good. Well, Joe, I'm going to give you a, a virtual cheers for now. Yeah. And for everybody else watching, we'll be back next week with another episode of Southern Search. Thanks a lot, Joe. Thank you. Thanks for having me back.